difference in almost every single per- character that she meets um, in her English life comments on it, and it's slightly on the subtle, but which is that she has a, a sort of secret hidden power. I think it's something that her mother kind of know subconsciously knows is there, and kind of from the first chapter is knows is there. And, Do you um, want to say what it is? <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you will have to read the book. Uh, well, this this is what I think. This is going back to saying that the, it's a book about love. You know, as as much as it is about loss. And I think all the characters do that, actually. I was thinking about this the, the other day. I mean, even um, the character of Gramps, in his own awful way, by the end, I think there's, there's a sort of trajectory where everybody is trying to put, 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 put their lives and the world right in some way, however badly done or cack-handedly or, or, or you know, wrong, wrong-headedly that mm. they're doing it. Can we talk about the, the abductors? They, they aren't monsters, though they seem at times mm. monstrous because we're, we're having it, our perspective uh, of them channeled through, through Carmel. Um, was, that a, was that a very deliberate ploy not to make them sort of mm. Hannibal Lecter-ish? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in... in in monsters, you know, and um, I know I know it's a real cliche about saying that um, all villains feel that they're the hero of their own story, but I mean, in some way that they, they they do that. I mean, they have some kind of justification of of not necessarily thinking they're doing the right thing, but feeling they are right in the world. They are the ones that are right, and everybody else is is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's very true, and I mean that's, that's certainly something I wanted to, to bring out in the book. They justify it in different ways to themselves as well. I think you know in very different ways. There's a there's a religious, a strong religious element mm. to, and again, without wishing to, to give any spoilers, mm. um, I was wondering that 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 particular context is was fairly uh, occasionally terrifying. I thought, but hardcore sort of evangelical. Um, and I, I wonder what, what what interested you about about that part of the story, and why why introduce that as an as an element? It's it's just seemed like a really interesting crucible where things could happen. I think, and I liked the fact that it was slightly it, itinerant as well that they could be on the move and and sort of feeling of of this caravan move road trip sort of thing. Pe- people people doing. You, using religion to justify themselves, I mm. think, as well. So it's, you know, these individual acts are, are put into a wider frame and you, and that's used as a, a, a justification because... And it's just something that interests me, the, the kind of um, uses of, of divinity, really, to, um, to, to do what people want to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there was also this kind of there was this de- distinct though uh, I keep overusing the word gothic but um, element to it there are, there's twins um, yeah, there's, yeah there's sort of hidden books uh, allusions to skulls which yeah. some, some of which turns out to be more innocent than it sounds yeah. um, was that do you have a slightly gothic view of, I of religion I do I think I really do and I I, re- I I love gothic I love gothic work myself and um I love gothic films, and I, I, 
It's, it's to do with imagery. Again, I think, you know, it's, I just find the imagery very powerful. And um, I think religion does that incredibly well, actually. When you think of Mexican sort of, you know, the Mexican Day of the Dead's mentioned, yeah. mentioned in the book, you know, that sort of... Uh, I mean, I was in... Um, I was in France recently and, and sort of looking at cathedrals and things, and it's, it's really very, very powerful, I mm. think, that kind of imagery. Carmel's response to the abduction is very interesting in as much mm. as she doesn't ever seem... Well, she doesn't panic for, for too long. There's obviously mm. um, moments of grief and, and, and fury, but the, the story, her story does seem to be one of accepting where mm. she is. And mm. I was wondering, again, if... Was that just how you imagined uh, those sort of relationships going? That's like sort of um, the acceptance of what to the outside would seem like a, a sort of horror story. Yeah, yes, I, I suppose so because um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think it through actually, mm. and uh, the best way to say it. I mean, there's no on on her part. There's no. Um, Spoilers here. There's no particular cruelty that she can sort of, um, you know, uh, rail against like like, like that. So um, back to stories again, really. I mean, they're spinning their own story mm. to her, which and it's one that that um, one that she one that, that that actually she's she she believes. Um, Again. And then I suppose on the other side, she's telling herself a story yeah. in secret, which is the story of, of who she was. Of who she was. And, and it's, her name becomes very important to her, and she, she, she writes it. She writes it constantly. And um, <clears throat> she rejects a new name when, that's, when they try to give her a new, a new name. She, um, she, she kind of initially accepts it and then, and then thinks, no, 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 I know who I am. And that's part of her survival strategy is is to is to actually physically make her name and write her write her name. Um, but just get, I'm just thinking about the question you asked before, actually. Just mm. um, thinking for, in a way with the, the the religious elements. I think I I was probably asking the question where what are the boundaries between religion and magic and mm. power and um, Structures, the you know the structures of of religion and the sort of um, power that they they wield. I mean, I don't know the answers to that, but I think maybe I was sort of I was sort of asking asking that question there. And one of the interesting things about Carmel's narrative is that it's told in the present tense. Mm. Beth's story, now Beth is Karma's mother, and, mm. and, and Beth's story is told in the past tense, mm. but for the mm. most part. Why, why did you choose those two different modes to, to, to tell those two different stories? Firstly, it was just a really simple technical one of separating the two voices out. Mm. I mean, that was part, partly it. Um, I think I wanted to... Uh, Carmel being in the present seemed more appropriate as a child mm. as well, that that kind of being in the moment mm. and all, all that sort of thing. And it leaves it slightly more kind of um, hanging in the air as well. Obviously, if you're talking in the past tense, 
you're you're reflecting mm. on your own story, and I I wanted to not for her not to to do that. But Beth's Beth's voice was was interesting actually because. As I was writing it, I always felt very, ha, very much had the feeling that of someone sitting there telling her own story, as if almost as if she was had somebody else in the room okay. that she was talking to, you know, very much like. And then this happened, and then this happened, and then oh my god, this, you know. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure why, why it came to me like that, but it did quite strongly, and and um, so that that's. That's that's how Beth's portion of the story um, very much felt to me that she was she was narrating her own her own story of something that's that's happened to a friend or mm. something like that. Tell me about Beth. I mean, the, the voice is is obviously sort of saturated by from the beginning by by grief, yeah, and, and loss. Yes, yes, it is, and um, she's. I get the sense with her that she's 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 trying to make sense of it all the time in in her own head, turning it over and and again as if she was telling somebody. You know, I think people that have been through uh, traumas often sort of um, want to say tell their story over and over again, or mm. or and I, that's how I feel. That's how I feel with Beth's Beth's voice. That um, that's what she's doing. You know. She's kind of, it's almost like a kind of, for her, a, a, a way to um, uh, try and try and sort of get it out of her psyche or, or communicate it in, in some way, to try and make herself, to try and make herself feel better, mm. to try and, try and sort of heal herself. Is there also a slight sense with if you keep telling yourself a story that it might end yeah, differently? Yeah, I guess, yeah, 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 definitely. And, um, yeah, yes. <laughs> the broader ramifications of, of, of telling that story, which mm. is, and there's, there's, a, there's a moment where Beth creates a, a character map, which almost felt mm. like the sort of thing that a novelist would do to, yeah. to work out how all your, your characters yeah. interact, but... But the effect of of that on both, obviously on herself, but also her husband, and, and, and maybe the realization that, as we were talking a little bit earlier, that that they had an unusual, yeah. odd child, and yeah. and trying to come to terms with other feelings that they had about her. Yeah, I think it's probably I, I don't make maps like that for my characters, okay. by the way, but um, I think it's probably a little bit like. Uh, to, to, the effect that it has on them is that they they see something intimately that they're making a map of their daughter who they see very close up as if she's right in front of them and they do they make this map and it's almost like you're seeing something from the air i mean again that's really interesting what you were talking about before i mean seeing your child from a distance mm. you know as as a separate person and i think with beth there's it's just a, a, an apparent thing. There's just is this fear of separation, and I suppose in a way, the book's also about growing up and separ- separating. I mean, it's a book that's very you, you become as a reader very aware of time because yeah. one of the ways that Beth's 
narrative is different as well. Mm. Is that it's very exact about how much time mm. has passed since since, since that moment? Is that mm. yes, yeah, that that strange disjunction that you look at your child and suddenly think, oh my god, they're yeah fourteen or yeah twenty, whatever that you know. Yeah, that's right. And that time thing, actually, I was talking about this uh, with somebody else. It did give me a slight technical thing that I realised, obviously, because. Um, she, she, Beth marks the time like three years, four days, mm. or something like that. That um, that that it was going to be on a particular date in time. Um, so I, what I found is that I was having to actually date everything, not in the book, but in my own for my own purposes. I was having to date everything because that was going to fall at a certain time in the year when it was either winter or, or oh. sunny or the you know and obviously all the details of the sort of what flowers were out or what foods were around and all that sort mm. of thing impacted on there so that did um, that was quite an interesting mm. exercise you start something off and then you as a writer and then you actually realize mm. what the implications are of, of doing that and did you always intend to have um, the time stretch out as much as it as it does in the novel. In, in, in that, I thought it was going to be day one, day two, day three, yeah. and then suddenly it was day, you know, yeah. two years and and yeah, um, yeah. It's quite eerie feeling to right, to have. really, yeah, yeah. No, I, I always I always saw it as a long okay. a long reach, yeah, in time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was the other challenge of, of Beth? Uh, I mean, there's an obvious one, which is that in some ways the drama is all, mm. or the overt drama is happening with, with yeah. Carmel Carl yeah. um, and these strange characters and uh, mm. who take on this bizarre journey. Beth, mm. it was a different kind of challenge to, to write what is ultimately quite a sort of emotional mm. sort of yeah. perspective. Sort yeah, of I think the danger with Beth is, is of her just becoming stuck, really. Um, and she does for periods of time, mm. and I think that's that is really natural. But I, for both of them, I think it's it's a kind of almost like like a journal of survival. And there's there's times where she becomes stuck, and there's other times where you sort of see herself trying to un- unstick herself, mm. you know, I, again to sort of save herself, really, you know. I, I was just going to say that um, obviously it ch- it changes the course of her life. Mm. In ways, obvious ways, but ways that she just wouldn't expect expected to have done as well. Again, is that the sort of again I mean, short shorthand for the Gone Girl reading would be having a child does that, and, and we we tend to think it's in you know really obvious ways, but it, in the most fundamental way about your identity, you you do lose that kind of mm. slight sense of of who you were that if you you know if you've been working and mm. Um, mm. your attention is suddenly focused on this strange creature um, is there a broader sort of feeling you have about about what's happened to you having had children um, for, for good and bad yeah I think it just changes you really mm. I mean I think having children it's like a real fork in the road that you you either go down, down one route or or another and it just it just changes you through and through mm. I think really it ch- it changes you in ways that you wouldn't expect it to either. I think, um, sorry, no, I've lost the plot on that one, sorry. (laughs) There's a lovely scene where Beth goes to her uh, childhood home, her parents' home, Mm. and sees her old room, and there's a very Mm. nice line 
where she suddenly realises that maybe her mother mm, has mm. been keeping a, sh- a shrine again. Is yeah. it one of those moments where you wanted to explore maybe how this is a this is the kind of ways this is universal story? You don't need your your child to be abducted. Definitely. It's, it's about a process yeah. of learning to love and, and let go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's it's really going back to, to um, the point I was making earlier about, you know, doing the same thing with your parents where suddenly you see the mystery of their lives and you see them as, as, as separate people and, you, you know, you, you stop thinking that it's all about you, I mm-hmm. suppose, really, and that they're there to... Uh, and have always been there to sort of service your needs in in some way, <laughs> even when you're 41 or you know whatever age uh, Beth finds herself in, mm. in in particular place in the narrative. That's one of the unexpected uh, kind of events that that occurs in the book, and and because of because of what happens, because of um, Carmel's disappearance, mm. it actually leads her to sort of make inroads back to her own mother that she hasn't spoken to for a long time. I mean, it's an optimistic book in, in, in that sense, that, that actually relationships which had seemed shattered with, with mm. her ex-husband, with her, with her parents, mm. Mm. Um, and perhaps even with, with, with certain, fr- certain friends. Um, you know, do you see it as an optimistic? Do you know I do? Mm. I really do. And I know that's really... Because <laughs> I know it's sort of... Um, I know it's sort of very much been you know it's talked about as a as a book of you know devastating loss and and it is you know but i do actually i ultimately i do see it as an optimistic book can i ask and obviously we're going to, have to be very careful with all this but can i ask about the ending and 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 the book could have had several mm. uh, infinite numbers of endings i suppose mm. um did you consider lots of different ways to end it or did you always have the sense it was going towards a particular kind of conclusion? Um, I think it's it's a hard one with a book to know what point to stop at. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to stop a little bit earlier. I knew, I knew the outcome mm. in my own head right from the beginning. At one point I was considering finishing a little bit earlier than that and I didn't. I carried on to this conclusion. A couple of people have said that they wanted it to go on again another stage further but um, to me that would have been a different story then but to me that goes into a different into a different story. That's a good thing that people want to know what happens to these, these characters yeah, true, after true. the end of, <laughs> end of their book. Yeah. Just for the press of final little section, just just talk about the way the book perhaps taps into your own life, if mm. that's that's okay. I was, I was curious about your own char- mm. childhood. Um, mm. We were talking slightly off off microphone about it. you grew up in in, in Wales and mm. in Pembrokeshire. Mm. Um, was it was it a, was it a happy childhood? And did this does this book make you think about your own? Yeah, I think I think definitely it did, and I think that sense of. Um, children having their own kind of thoughts and ideas and that that's really you know that's where that's I I, I remember that very closely as, as a child I mean also I, I was just really lucky I, I grew up with loads and loads and loads of books so I was saturated with stories like really early on what were you reading do you remember what oh, um, there were lots I, 
my mum was a really avid book buyer and um, I remember I had a sort of set of really ancient Victorian children's books mm. that were out of the ark but just I mean brilliant in terms of the imagination so I had Grimm's Fairy Tales Robinson Crusoe mm. um, all, all those all the, the water babies all, mm. all, the, all those sorts of um, all those sorts of stories but uh, yeah it definitely did it definitely did and just you know I, I don't know how much people forget or remember but I, I very much remember having the sort of thoughts that Carmel does and the sorts of perceptions and making judgment, you know, being quite judgy about people, actually, <laughs> when you're eight years old. <laughs> Do you have a sense that your parents were ever slightly unnerved by it? or, or were they... Oh, I think they took us all in their stride. <laughs> Do you have lots of siblings? Or... I've got two older sisters, yeah, yeah. But you were a reader from an early age. You, what was the... When you think back, was there a particular you know, reason that you were a reader? Um, did, did, was there something that you were getting out of it? Yeah, I, I, naturally, I, I naturally gravitated towards um, a certain sort of mysticism, I think, of, of, of storytelling. Um, and I think I was just really lucky because that was encouraged by, by my mum and just having so many... Books around. And was there any sense of that being connected to it? Was, it, was there anything religious about your upbringing? Yeah, yeah, we um, we were. Uh, it, it was, I mean, I wouldn't exaggerate. I wouldn't say it was a very religious mm. upbringing at all. But we were taken to the local Anglican church, and in the days where uh, the Common Book of Prayer was still used, and I just think the language of you know probably didn't understand what what all the meanings were, but I certainly think the language that language played its part in in sort of giving me a real appreciation for for poetry and for for language. Um, what did you go on to, to read as you as you got got older? Was there are there particular? You were saying earlier we were talking about fairy tales. Were there yeah. particular kinds of books that you've that you found yourself attracted to? I think when I was a teenager, I had a massive binge on sort of Victorian Gothic Mm. novels and also Hardy, anything deeply, deeply tragic. (laughs) I really... um, I I wish I'd read more. I wish I'd read more of the classics at that age. I think it's a really good age to read classics, actually, because you just absorb them. Um... And then it just changes all the time. Well, um, the writer that I've read recently that I've just been blown away by is Nicole Kraus. And um, I read her book, Great House. Mm-hmm. And I want to go on and read uh, her other one, The History of Love. Mm-hmm. And um, why, why have you been... A- I, just, I just... I'm still analysing why. I just find the way she looks at things really exciting mm-hmm. and unusual. And... Um, yeah, I have to get. But I, I, I want to read her other one and see mm. see if it's the same sort of viewpoint in life. I just I just think the writing is extraordinary in them. How about models for for for, for this for this book? When you, did you were the writers that you tended to to have buzzing around your desk. I even just, I, I read really widely. Actually, I, you know, favourite ones are sort of Ian McEwan and. Um, Graham Greene mm-hmm. and Hilary Mantel. I really like mid-century writers like Elizabeth Jenkins. And mm. um, there's a touch of the Gothic and all those, yeah, those writers. Yeah, there is actually. actually yeah, a touch yeah. of the dark, dark under kind of fairly 
often quite mundane sort of um, surfaces. Um, did 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 wanting to be a writer was that something that you that, that was around when you were younger? Is that, yeah. was, it, was it an ambition? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I'd probably quite an early age as well. You know, probably first thoughts of it would surface around the age of 11, 12, something like that. But then these things, I mean, real life takes over. I mean, who goes away at the age of 18 to to uni into the world thinking, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a writer. <laughs> so I'm going to earn my living. So... Um, you know, everything changes. Were you writing at that sort of age? Were you writing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, but not, you know, not seriously. I wasn't, you know, wasn't one of the Brontes or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah, I did. I did write. Well, life gets in the way. So what? What? How did you get out of the way of life? How did? How did you push it to start? Obviously, you took yeah. it seriously enough to invest in courses. And, yeah, and... I always wrote. I always wrote. I never stopped okay. writing. Um, but I think once my children were over, were um, leaving home, and that part of my life was sort of co- coming to, um, to 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 an end, it just it just made me reassess everything, and I thought this is just I want to make a commitment to this really. So, are there some novels in the drawer and um, that haven't been published? Are there? No, I'm writing. I'm writing another one at the moment. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was more. I used to write short stories a great deal, okay. and yeah, yeah, ideas and fragments. And so, was it? So, you said you committed to the idea of, mm. of writing. Now, did committed to writing a novel. I think that's what it was. The idea of a novel. Yeah. And w- was this the the only idea that you you got through, or did you try other other ideas? Uh, gosh, I'm just trying to remember actually. <laughs> this it, this was the one that really I kind of this was one that really took off I think I tend to write sort of in a fragment way and I suppose I had a lot of those that could have could have carried on um, but this was the one that just that carried on growing and growing um, I think there's a, a, a very nice moment towards the end of the book <clears throat> where Beth says um at first, I thought my studies could answer some question about the human puzzle and how we came to be and how we fit together. And she's studying mm. medicine. I was mm. Is that what writing? Is it one of the things that writing has done for you? Is it always about trying to work out how to yeah. put the, the human puzzle? Has, it, has writing has helped you come to perhaps think about family and your parents yes. and your kids? And I think it has. I think it has definitely. And I think you know, going back to story and and um, I think that's one thing. Writing and reading and talking about stories can can do does for you. You know, it puts your own life in some kind of context as well. Are you surprised by some of the things that? Yeah, have yeah, come I out? am actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably, I think I'm surprised by not so much um, Beth and uh, Carmel's relationship, mother and daughter, but her relationship with her own mother. And how that played out, and and how that became so important. I think I was surprised by that, and that's. I think that has taught me something. So how about now? You're you're now a published writer. Has your 
Has your, is your day changing? Are you now committed, you know, you're committing in a sort of slightly different way to, to the yeah. idea of writing? Yeah. Um, Published for a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing that it's given me at the moment. I'm able to, to um, just write more seriously, which is um, in, in terms of time, you know. So is that all? Is that the main focus of what you're at the doing? moment? Yeah, yeah. How does that change? I mean, you were saying about life gets in the way, and you're, I assume, finding little bits here and there, committing to doing a, a course. Mm, is it a different mm. thing now that if you got you wake up in the morning and you say you're a writer? Is that is that not really? No, okay. I, don't, I don't think it. I don't know why, but I, I don't. But maybe that you always thought that, but you just didn't want to admit it to anyone. <laughs> Was it a nerve? Is that a slightly nerve-wracking moment to say I'm I'm going to write a novel? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you've got to be pretty compelled to. Uh, it's such a huge undertaking. You, I think it's more like a compulsion, really. <laughs> How long did it take actually the the process of writing? Um, I think it took about three years, but I was working in between. Okay. So if I put everything all the actual time of writing together it was probably less than that be about a year, year and a half, something like that And was it just grabbing moments here and there or, yes. or weekends? weekends and, and um, not generally evenings, I find it quite difficult to work mm. in the evenings but you know, getting up really early and doing a couple of hours before work and all that sort of thing and what is it like to have the people closest to you reading reading about? I mean, perhaps particularly your you know your kids and um, uh, you know, how do you... yeah it's um, it felt a bit odd at first. You feel a little bit vulnerable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just something you have got to get over yourself. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and what is what is the next? book or is it is that a seat is that a... yeah it's 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 got a girl at the it's, it hasn't got a girl in the title <laughs> <You've> decided, <laughs> that decided that already but it's got a girl at the heart of it again okay, mm. okay. and do you feel different now does has has this made you feel more confident maybe more confident to try different things or do you think there's a particular voice that's going to be hey, hey marion um, I'm not sure, really. I, I, in a way, I, it's. I, I think it's good to try and forget about it all, and just concentrate on the. Pe- that's what I do. I just try and concentrate on the page, really. You can, you can so, get away from all. Yeah. All of this having a microphone thrust. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say thank you very much. It's been a real thank pleasure, you. and thank I love you. love the book. And um, although we've had to sort of avoid spoilers, it's it's um, it's wonderfully gripping, and, and I think it's the. F- the sort of final chapter is wonderfully well done, so everyone should go and buy it immediately and read it in one sitting through to the end. Thank you very much. A Thank great you. pleasure to meet you. And you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kate. <laughs>